0: Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. We hope you're safe and well wherever you may be. Today we hear from writer and director Lisa Linnetorp, producer Helena Larand, and actress Matilda Kallstrom about creating Viaplay original young adult romance threesome as part of C21's Content Nordics on Demand. C21's Content Nordics On Demand got underway online last week, a virtual event exploring the TV production, broadcast, streaming and distribution sectors across the region through a series of one-on-one interviews, panel discussions and programme premieres. Viaplay Original Threesome is a young adult romance about a Swedish couple living in London whose relationship begins to unravel after a night of passion with another person. Co-produced by Nordisk Film and TV and Yellowbird, the drama series features a cast of young acting talents from Sweden, the UK and France and is being represented by Stockholm-based distributor Echo Rights. Writer and producer Lisa Linnetorp, producer Helena Larand, and actress Matilda Kalstrom spoke to Michael Pickard.
1: So, hello, uh, Lisa, Helena and Matilda. Uh, thank Hi. you so much for joining us for this case study to talk about Threesome. Uh, Lisa, do you want to just give us a brief introduction to the show?
2: Yes, of course. Uh, Well, this is a story about David and Siri. It's a young Swedish couple living in London where Siri is studying. Uh, And they they met when they were only 18. They're now 24. And they are bound by a seemingly ideal first love that starts to crackle after having a threesome with a French art student. And that is something that happens by coincidence. And Which, in the heat of of, uh, the moment, feels exciting and totally uncomplicated. But then afterwards, Siri gradually starts to feel like something uh, between her and David is lost and damaged. And uh, they slowly begin to drift apart. Uh, And Siri starts questioning not only her relationship with David, but also her Her life in general, uh, her career choices, her goals, who she is and what she really wants uh, in life. And by coincidence, she meets John, who is a professional ballet dancer, recovering from a damaged ankle, not knowing if he'll ever be able to dance at a professional level again. And when they meet, they are both kind of standing at a crossroads in life, not knowing what path to take next. And they have this instant platonic connection that kind of turns into a very strong physical attraction. And... Siri gradually slides further and further into to John and his universe, leaving um, David and her old life behind.
1: So, Matilda, I mean, tell us a bit more about Siri because, yes, uh, David's involved, and we find out she meets John later on. But I mean, really, this is Siri is is kind of the central figure of the show. Can you tell us a bit about her and her relationship with David, and then perhaps, um, without giving too much away, how it might how this threesome might affect their relationship going forward.
3: Yeah. So uh, Siri and David, they've been together for a really long time. They have this like picture perfect relationship. Uh, They met in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they've like had a really good relationship and they've moved to London for Siri's education. She's studying law. And uh, yeah, they're really looking forward to like a a life together. and. When we get to meet Siri, I feel like she is on the brink of having this perfect facade kind of starting to crack. And it all begins like when the threesome happens, I I feel like. And um, she starts to kind of question her entire life and her life choices and uh, what she's doing. And I think she asks herself, like, am I doing this because I want to? Or am I doing this because it's uh, something I think I want to do? Because it's what's like what people have been telling me that I want to do. And I think I really related to that, which was really exciting to uh, to find something in Siri that I could find within myself. Uh, and then when one one pin starts falling, it just takes everything with, with it. And uh, yeah, she just one thing after another just starts, there's like a crack that starts uh, just opening and um, it was it was uh, I was very nervous about Siri uh, I feel like when I first got the part mostly it is because of the intimate scenes I was I wasn't really sure how that would work out or if that would be like super scary but I feel like Lisa's visions for the intimate scenes and the sex scenes really made me super brave to just kind of jump right into it and i was also super excited to show like female uh, sexuality and female lust in a way that i feel like haven't been shown that much on tv or film before and i think it turned out really really cool and raw and authentic and um, now i i really love siri and (laughs) i understand that i was nervous but she really became a part of me i feel like (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Matilda sent me a text in the beginning before before the shoot when she would read all the script. It was just like Siri scares me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? And you were like, Why?
4: <laughs>
3: what? Yeah, yeah, but she's super relatable. I I feel like everyone can like see Siri and find something within themselves that she is going through and like questioning their life choices or or questioning their relationship or trying to find like soul searching like I feel like Siri really goes into some deep soul searching um and then she does make questionable choice choices and uh, I don't know if I would have done the same thing as she does but um I think it's uh it's really interesting and it's a very heart-wrenching story I I feel like
1: yeah yeah and um I mean Lisa on, on that kind of point it's we had a, a show in the UK last year where it was um it was about a threesome, but the couple kind of it was about the couple kind of fighting their feelings for this third person and, and how they eventually brought her into their relationship. But this is obviously a very different kind of scenario where it's really about the couple dealing with the, the consequences of, of that, you know, that hookup. Yeah. I mean, can you tell us a bit about just the, the approach of how you approach that story and why you wanted to maybe explore the impact rather than, you know, ra- rather than, I guess, the separation of the couple rather than, yeah. than bringing in a new person into their relationship?
2: Yeah. Um, well, when I, I first got the question from their production company to to write something for for them, for, for a young adult, for a young adult audience, and that excited me because I haven't written for that type of audience before, but I also kind of instantly felt that I, I don't want to be in the land of teenagers, because I think there's a lot to fill that spot already. Uh, And there's also a lot for 30-somethings and up. But I feel that the gap between 20 and 30, which for me was an era that was really, really life-changing, I haven't seen that so much being portrayed in series and films, at least not in Scandinavia. So I, I instantly knew that I wanted to go a bit older and a bit bolder. I knew that I wanted to work, write a relationship uh, about relationship and the psychology behind relationship because that interests me a lot. And I also knew that I wanted in some way uh, portray a love story, but I didn't want to make it the the saga where two people meet and and fall in love. I, I wanted to be in the middle of a relationship and then I wanted to to crush it and like <laughs> take it apart and and see what I mean because there's something with with um being in crisis in life uh, in, in your life and especially at that age where everything feels so huge uh, and life changing and you're kind of in a place where you're you're not Quite an adult, but you're expected to be an adult and take adult decisions and and uh, be really firm in what you want in life. And especially now, when you have all these thousands of choices, it it kind of leaves you in a spot where you're really vulnerable. And that vulnerability is something that I am extremely interested in. So I kind of knew from the start that this is what I want to do, and I also felt a strong urge to have, yeah, a a female main character and to do, to write through her perspective and to get really, really, really close. And instead of like building this huge plot with uh, loads of characters and a really high pace and everything, I wanted to do the opposite. I wanted to have few characters and I wanted to have a really simple plot and then just dig deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and deeper to see how deep I could go um, <laughs> with that. And I, I had I had an idea about a modern chamber play almost. Uh, and Helena is she's laughing <laughs> because she's like, we end up with 45 locations. <laughs> Where did that chamber play go? But the sense of a chamber play where you're really, really intimate and really close and kind of, built the intensity around the small events in everyday life. That's what creates the drama. And that, because that also makes it relatable. And then I was really eager to explore sex, sexuality, and to make sex scenes that I haven't seen, that I am missing, and that I think <laughs> there's lack of. Where, where you, I have this uh, vision that the audience should almost like feel the sex and feel the physicality of it. So that was also something that I knew that I wanted to explore. And out of these components, I just, I wrote an idea uh, down. And then I met with two focus groups uh, of young men and women in the ages of 18 and 30 and had deep interviewed them about their lives and love lives and sex, sexuality their hopes and dreams and fears and everything, really, really personal and yeah, amazing conversations. Yeah. And that also, and, and I also asked them what they would want to, to see in the series that was aiming for them as an audience. And out of those conversations, that was also kind of the stepping stone for me to, like, raise the bar of the level of authenticity that I wanted to to make with this series.
1: Um, Great. Uh, Helena, um, I mean, tell us a bit about uh, from your point of view as the producer on the show, how did you kind of, I guess, first meet up with Lisa? And and can you tell us a bit about how you pulled the project and and the partners involved uh, together?
4: yeah uh, I actually got involved um, in the project when the outlines and the uh, was already written. So it was our um, Norris Film TV CEO Christopher Grazi who had uh, uh, contacted Lisa and asked her to start writing this young adult uh, series. and uh, so when I got involved, uh, I read the outlines and I was totally stuck. It was you know, it was just a page turner. I couldn't stop reading. It was something that I uh, hadn't uh, read before, and it was something that I hadn't seen uh, before also. So it was, and it, I think that what Lisa uh, talked about earlier was um, that this simple plot that could be so thrilling, you know, it was really, it was uh, the cliffhangers, Is uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a really simple plot and it's not a lot of uh, action or something like that, but it's still, you know, something that you just have to keep watching. Uh, so uh, for me it was just uh, I'm in uh, full on. So and then we had uh, uh, already from the first pitch we had the broadcaster uh, via Play and uh, NENT uh, Nordic, Nordic At- Entertainment Group, uh, and, uh, and then early on also our international distributor Echo Rights was. Uh, on the project uh, project uh, early on but then in the beginning we actually had planned to film it in Dublin Ireland due to the tax incentives so that's what I was started out uh, exploring when I started out um, working on the project so but then uh, the pandemic came and um, uh, ireland went into lockdown very early so um, we were struggling a bit then and we were still hoping that it would you know open up uh, we were planned to film it in spring 2020 but uh, uh, then we had to postpone the shoot and we hoped that we were still going to be able to go to dublin in um, Uh, early fall 2020 but then when we're closing into the summer we had to you know how how are we going to do this (laughs) this is yeah this is uh, hard and we would it would be very expensive and it was a fairly low budget production so we we knew that we had to be smart with every you know penny we had to you know make everything just be in front of the camera and not you know having to puts all this money in, you know, restrictions and stuff like that. We ended up, of course, having to put money on that as well. But um, uh, then, in in the first, when we started out thinking, how are we going to do this? We have to shoot shoot it somewhere else. Can we shoot it in Sweden? And we were starting to discuss that we were taking the uh, settings from London back to Stockholm so that Siri and David would actually live in Stockholm. And we tried actually. We involved our production designer and uh, trying, uh, she made a mood board and we. We're trying to pitch it to uh, Nent and to Echorite. But since this was an uh, international production with a lot of English-speaking dialogue, we felt it would be a bit corny for um, these English people running around in Stockholm. Uh, uh, so uh, we, they didn't go for that. And I think that was a good thing. <laughs> I didn't think we didn't. We didn't like that ourselves um, too. So... Then we uh, contacted some Swedish film funds and local film funds, and uh, because we were in lack of uh, finances uh, basically because we didn't have the tax incentives in Ireland and anymore. So we had to look at other options and then we were in contact with Filmiscoonet. This is a lo- local film fund in southern Sweden, and uh, uh, they were actually just at that time had been lost uh, had lost the production due to the pandemic, and they wanted to give it to somewhere else, and we just ended up there and like we can take your money and, <laughs> and uh, we it was a match made in heavens because then we and it was in the, just before the summer break uh, in June uh, 2020 and uh, we uh, said that we have to shoot it in Sweden we have to shoot it in Malmö we're going to fake London in Malmö <laughs> and uh, I had to persuade the production designer and the DOP and actually Lisa as well <laughs> uh, wasn't too keen on this because we really really wanted to go to Dublin uh, to film this. But then we had, you know, we had faked stuff in uh, in films uh, several times. So we if if you're just uh, on for the challenge, uh, you can do it. And we all was just when we when it sunk in, we really liked the process of you know just thinking outside the box and you know faking every angle. Uh, and I think the aesthetics uh, of our uh, shoot was also, you know, we have a really close camera. It's a really documentary style. So we know, we knew that we could, you know, put the settings maybe anywhere. And it's not London who is the character. It's David and Siri and the, the characters. So, so we we basically the the London part is to f- make the characters feel isolated in a big world. Uh, in a big city when they're not close to home, they can't go anywhere, they're on their own. Uh, so that's, but we, we're we not in the, you know, tourist part of London. It's more uh, a part of London that you haven't seen portrayed. Maybe for a Londoner, you could see it. But I don't think that uh, someone else would, will see actually that we are in Malmö when we are filming this. Yeah. And we have, uh, of course, had to buy some stock shots and uh, we made some set extensions Um and so on, but just to fake it. And we built the apartment uh, in the studio because that was one of the hardest parts to have find that shabby flat <laughs> in <laughs> that typical type of London flat. It was uh, a bit hard. So... Yeah. Um, But that was uh, a big challenge uh, due to the pandemic and because we had for no no time at all planned to film this in Sweden. It was, uh, since it's set in London, we didn't think that we could uh, film it here. Um,
1: And so, I mean, Matilda, tell us a bit about what it was like being in a nightclub and and having that privileged position of of being one of the few people. (laughs) Oh,
3: it was great. Yeah, it was, I think... I think you can feel it on the set, on the team, that everybody was just so excited to have so many people gathered. And I actually had my sister on set that day as an extra, which also made it, since I couldn't meet my family when I was in quarantine, I was just so excited about meeting her and just having this fake party um, where we were, were 50 tested. Yeah, we COVID people. tested 50 yeah. people.
2: Yeah. yeah, Everybody was
3: negative negative. And I could feel it on the extras and also us who had been by ourselves in this little bubble for such a long time that we just wanted, it feels so freeing to stand in that crowd and just jump uh and just yeah it was it was so much fun that
2: was such a good it was an day. amazing day yeah, I, it for was everyone like, everyone, yeah. everyone was thrilled it was yeah and hours. I think a
4: good uh, note to that it's also uh, due to the pandemic in in the usual you would you know start with that kind of scenes maybe you know we were partying we're mm-hmm. out on, on restaurants or coffee shops or out on the streets But now, (laughs) due to the pandemic, we had to, you know, quarantine all of the costs, put them in a hotel. They had to, you know, test themselves uh, beforehand. And then uh, before they uh, filmed, uh, every time they had a sensitive scene, we tested them. And then we had to, you know, start on the other way around. They started out with the sex scenes. (laughs) That was the first scenes that they did. Yeah, the first week we did all the sex (laughs) scenes. All the sex scenes, just because we couldn't go out... uh, you know, exploiting them for uh, potentially getting infected, uh, the cost, because they were the, our most, uh, you know, valuable uh, people in the in the production if if you know a Siri Matilda would get sick we couldn't film because she was in every scene in this production so we had to start with the sex scenes and then the nightclub scenes were in the end of the shoot and then I think that everybody was just happy to be you know out and see people because we had been you know so we had so hard restrictions in the shoot uh, beforehand and uh, before we went out to you know w- it, it closer we got to the end that was when we were you know uh, getting uh, you know having the risk of uh, getting the infection inside the crew but we mm-hmm. tested everyone uh, mm-hmm. and there was in all these scenes and we had to be you know really really careful.
1: Yeah, no, it's a remarkable job that I think the whole industry is is doing at the moment. You know, it's, it seems yeah. trying to get a TV show made at the moment is is just, is just an incredible achievement. So, I mean, congratulations on obviously Echo Rights are going to be selling this around the world. Why do you think this is a show that you think might connect with with viewers? You know, no matter what country they're from or what language they speak, why why would this might appeal to them?
2: Well, hopefully because the topics are universal. It doesn't matter if you're in Stockholm or London or. Uh, Brazil. i mean we all suffer from heartbreak we all fall in love we're all in that position in in life where we meet Siri um uh, we've all been there it's uh, i think it's uh yeah it's it's universal and it's a series that i feel is very very relatable and very honest <laughs> in uh I mean, in its, yeah, in its in its appeal, I think, to, to people, I mean, not only in your 20s, but to, to everyone in a way, I'm a bit, I mean, I'm the writer, and the director, so, so of course I, so of course I, I think that it's, um, but, but I, I'm, I'm so thrilled uh, with the results and that is, I mean, I think that our cast, what they are doing, uh, our actors, how they are carrying this story on their shoulders is totally remarkable and it it really, really uh, moves me. I have... I've seen every little frame, every little second of it a thousand times, and I still can get totally blown away, uh, and still feel it in my bones, and and I think that others will too, no matter where in the world yeah. they are.
1: And Matilda, what was um you know it's 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 really serious story as we as we said and. And you're in every, almost every scene. I mean, how do you think viewers are going to kind of follow the choices Siri makes and, and those decisions as she kind of moves away from David, meets John, and <laughs> there may or may not be some sort of uh, relationship developing there? You know, what yeah. can you tell us about her journey and, and what it was like for you just to, to play her?
3: Oh, it was... One of the hardest things I've ever done, both because of quarantine, since like we were just hanging out with the cast and the crew, Uh, we couldn't meet anybody else. Uh, So, of course, like uh, my relationships and everything, being away from everybody, that was really hard. Uh, But then also for Siri, I think what's really interesting about her is that she's, she's a 360 character, like she doesn't just do good. She does also make poor decisions, which I love in a character when you, when it's just not, it's not just black and white. Um, so I think, uh, there are going to be people that don't agree with her and there are going to be people that really relate to her and understand what she is going through and i think that was made that's what makes a really good character and i feel like that's the same thing with all of the characters in threesome that they are very relatable and they're they have good sides and they have bad sides and you're really interested in them and uh, I hope that people can see uh, and feel the things that are going on inside of Siri uh, and feel her pain, but also question what she is doing, um, because that's that's interesting. And that's what's going to appeal to people, I think. Um, but yeah, it was it, it, it was it was really hard because there are so many emotions. She feels so many things and. You, I give out like in uh, the entire cast. We give so much, and and then we have ten-hour days, and then we go home and we just lay in bed and look at the series, like empty from emotion because we poured so much into uh, the the series, um, yeah, it was really and it demanding. shows. Mm-hmm. yeah but it was also yeah. so much fun uh I, I would do it again a hundred times like it was and Lisa just I think she she has a way of communicating since you have you are an actor or have been an actor yourself you have such a great way of communicating to us in the way that we understand understand you understand us and what we are going through which was just priceless I feel like in this because I don't, I don't know if I would have been able to do this with any other director because you understood us so well and you understood that being naked in front of an entire team is not easy. It's really hard. And that made us super brave, I feel like, which is, it was great.
4: But well, I think also that the, the audience will look at Siri and her choices and be like, oh, what are <laughs> you
2: <Yeah, yeah>. doing?
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh! I had so many on Seth
3: telling me like why is Siri doing this why I don't understand and I'm like I support Siri yeah. I am She's I'm very in
4: Siri. Yeah, we all support Siri, but she is erratic <laughs> and she is doing questionable choices, as you said. So, but uh, that is life, you know, yeah. that is, yeah. uh, and I think that everybody could recognize themselves, especially from that time of life when you yeah. are in the early 20s and you are still looking into who you are going to be in life and who you want to be. and mm. uh, And when feelings are feelings are. The, all the feelings is much more yeah. uh, than it is when you get older
1: <laughs> <laughs> well um well it's great i mean thank you so much for joining us thank you for being a part of content uh, nordics on demand or you know thank look,
4: you for having it,
1: us when's the show going to be on via play? do you have a date yet or uh, is it you know wait and see later this year
4: we don't have a date yet uh, during the fall um uh, uh, yeah. this year
0: Lisa Linnetorp, Helena Larand and Matilda Kalstrom, speaking with Michael Picard as part of C21's Content Nordics On Demand. Video versions of all the sessions are available on c21media.net if you're a pro subscriber and there'll be more from the event in the podcast next week but in the meantime stay safe and up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening.